I will be reading Ezra 3, verses 10 through 14. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests, the priests in their vestments, and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Aspha, with cymbals took their places to praise the Lord, as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord. He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads, who had seen the former temple, wept aloud when they saw the foundation of his temple being laid. While many others shouted for joy, for the priests to being laid, while many, no one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping, because the people made so much noise, and the sound was heard far away. Thank you. I'm reading Second Corinthians 4, 7 through 18. But we have this treasure in jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over the death of Jesus. Shake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles, achieving us an eternal glory that are outwits them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. What is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Well, only an hour to go. So wonderful to have our kids participating so fully today. Thank you to the Wizard family and to all of you others who did the motions there just a minute ago. I was always uh, just a little bit handicapped when it came to that. I never, but I did pretty well today. I'm, I'm happy to say, except for the spelling of Ragda. I'm sorry about that. Get that sorted out in short order. And thank you, Rich, for a wonderful uh, introduction. Rich will be with us at Potluck today. You're going to want to uh, stick around here just a few more minutes and join us for that meal. And then at uh, roughly 2 o'clock, we'll be gathering right back in here. 
and having our afternoon seminar with Rich on uh, learning to be master greeters, and that's something we can all engage. You heard the content of the text today. I'm pulling primarily a couple of things from them just as way of illustration. And I want to start with the New Testament text, which was just read by Garland. Uh, it's found in the Second Corinthians passage there. Treasures and jars of clay. Paul talks about his God's mercy in the form of the ministry that he has. He talks about how God is supreme in this ministry, and yet the ministry can be crushing. And I'm paraphrasing very rapidly and loosely. It isn't that the ministry itself or the word of God itself is so vulnerable. It's that there's always a crush on the one delivering it. He talks about the treasure of jars of clay, and he goes into this uh, passage that leads to a word of praise. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we don't lose heart, though outwardly we waste away. Praise and thanksgiving, part of this this passage and this message in this season. And part of what it means, I think, to be alive in the gospel and what that is about in terms of who we get to share that with. The Old Testament passage illustrates something else. It's the rebuilding or the building of the temple. And you have uh, money that's been donated, people that have come, and when they see the foundations, they weep. There's a thanksgiving and a celebration. But this particular thing doesn't point to a New Testament gospel. It points to a place of belonging, a heritage lost and restored, something on its way that will not achieve the former glory, but will once again welcome God's people. And out of that, a sense of praise and thanksgiving. Our theme today is multiple. We reflect on the gifts we've been given in the service of young men and women to our country this week and acknowledge the sacrifices made by veterans. We come to the season of Thanksgiving and we recognize the bounty that God has blessed us with, the life that we lead, the joys that we have, the family that surrounds us in many cases. We celebrate something deep and thankful in our hearts. We have this special time of focusing on making others feel welcome in our midst. And we have challenges as we move ahead and look forward. Some of you were here earlier as we talked about the minor use permit we're pursuing and the essential need that we have of everybody to be there Tuesday night. It's in your bulletin. And if you're willing to speak and you haven't told me so already, fill out a comment card and give it to me following the service. The text that wasn't read this morning is Jesus. 
and the way in which he related to people. And this goes to a different theme than thanksgiving and praise, although it's not disconnected. It goes to a theme of welcoming. When the woman, unclean from 12 years of bleeding, touched the hem of his garment, he asked, but he welcomed her. When the children were brought to Jesus in his exhaustion and the disciples sought to drive them away, he welcomed them, though they had no status, no money, no power, nothing to give him but the simplest of love and trust. When Simon came to him by night, a Pharisee, he spoke to him and welcomed him. When a woman that was eschewed publicly by those in positions of power and might sought to see Jesus and wash his feet with her tears in this jar of perfume, they gossiped and grumbled. Jesus welcomed her. What I want our story to be is one of welcome. What I want our story to be is the story of Jesus. Because when we've encountered him, we all walk away being able to say, you welcomed me. And one day, in the kingdom to come, he's going to open wide his arms and say, welcome My children, this is the place I've prepared for you. You've been precious to me from the very foundation of the earth. You're the one I've been waiting for. Welcome. And that's what our life together in this church must be about. Jesus, we thank you and praise you and ask that you go with us this week as we seek to be the children you've called us to be. Amen.